This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. A decade that began with Rafa Benitez's dynasty slipping to ending with Jurgen Klopp's Reds on top of the Premier League and quite literally on top of the world. VAR will take many headlines, of course, and be where you'll hear about the technology before we're out here on the post-game podcast. I'm Guy Clark. This is the post-game podcast from the Blood Red Channel as Liverpool beat Wolves to stay 13 points clear at the top of the league with 31 wins coming from the 37 league games played in 2019. Coming up, we'll hear from Jurgen Klopp's post-match press conference. Imagine, really, you will ask me, do you think it's decided? And I said, yeah, actually, I think it's done. But we still play, of course, but I think it's done. That would be really crazy. Plus, there's the thoughts of our regular contributors. Before we get into all of that, though, let's get ourselves to Anfield and hear from our Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Liverpool are once again 13 points clear at the top of the Premier League table after a hard-fought 1-0 win over Wolverhampton Wanderers here at Anfield this afternoon. Um, it was a difficult game. Liverpool looked very tired after their exertions across an energy sack in December that seen them play in the Premier League, the Carabao Cup, the Club World Cup and the Champions League. Um, but they refused to yield, um, they dug in, um, mentality strong as it, ever, it always is sometimes. When the quality isn't there with this Liverpool team you can always uh, count on, on the reserves of character and once again they've shown that today. Uh, Sadio Mane's goal in the first half was the difference but uh, it was shrouded in the VAR controversy as uh, tends to be the case these days with with most goals it has to be said. Um, Stanley Anfield Road end a long ball with Adam Lallana with the flick on with the shoulder. Uh, Mane came in and tapped it past Rui Patricio to make it 1-0. Referee Anthony Taylor of course who was the scourge of Liverpool at Old Trafford back in October. He ruled it out um, and it was a VAR check. After a couple of minutes it was finally decided that Mane wasn't offside and Lallana had played the ball with his shoulder and Liverpool went 1-0 up. Uh, Pedro Neto netted what he thought was the equaliser down the cop end few moments later in the uh, first half stoppage time uh, but that was ruled out for, for offside and the build up another marginal one which could have really went either way. If you think of Roberto Firmino was at Aston Villa earlier on the season, we're talking fine margins once again. The Wolves fans weren't happy, Liverpool uh, kind of got on with the game but uh, very controversial calls it has to be said. Um, but Liverpool dug in for the second half, they looked tired late on. Um, Nuno Espirito Santo sent on Adama Traore and Raul Jimenez. Uh, as they pushed for an equaliser, Liverpool held firm. It wasn't the greatest performance by any stretch of the imagination, but doesn't need to be at this stage. Liverpool 13 points clear at the top. They march on unbeaten. It's now 82 points from a possible 84 dating back to that draw at Everton back in March. Uh, Liverpool are looking good for the Premier League title at this stage, but uh, as Jürgen Klopp will tell you, nothing's won yet. Paul Gorse with his verdict as Liverpool keep up their run of winning every home game so far in the Premier League this season. Gorsty saying Jurgen Klopp will tell us nothing's won yet, or will he? Wolves is a proper, proper team with um, a lot of strength, but in the first half we, we controlled the game like we wanted, like we should. Um, we had uh, chances, scored a goal. Yeah, we had to defend them. The counter, the counter-attacking threat is, is massive. Um, Neto and um, and Jota were on their bikes immediately. Defended it well. Um, when we scored a goal, um, I think uh, Nuno was already here, right? Yeah, so he was. I think not happy with the um, with the way our procedure. Probably, I'm not sure if with the decision because what can we say about the decision? For, for me, it was. Um, 
from the first thing I was surprised when the whistle came and it was handball. I, I thought it was clear shoulder from the first second, but how can you be sure? So it took a while. So then we scored a goal. Like after three minutes, decision was done. And um, I saw immediately this kind of relief for a second. We're all human beings, it's normal. The next long ball, we were not there for the second ball. We have Adam makes a foul, free kick, corner, goal. Didn't didn't count obviously, but it brought the momentum on their side. They were really aggressive, really angry with us as well. We had nothing to do with that situation, to be honest. But um, that's how sometimes in sports um, um, how it happens. And um, so that's how they came out of the dressing room. I, I can imagine what Nuno said in the half time. So everybody's against us. So let's fight back. Easy motivation. So they came out. Press us a little bit higher. We were not fresh enough in mind to adapt to that. Not immediately. Cost ourselves some problems in build-up. Ali wanted to make the game quick, but ten other players didn't want that. But he threw the ball still there. Um, that didn't help. Um, calmed everything a bit down again. We controlled it more. Then they made some changes, brought fresh legs. Uh, we tried to react. It was an open game now. Not too much threat. There were a couple of situations, but um, Ali had to make a save or two. Yeah, um, just how I said it already tonight, five or six times. Um, if it would be easy to win that number of games, a lot more teams would have done it. It's just not. It's not easy, um, and you have to fight with all you have. And sometimes you have more, and sometimes less. Um, and the boys do that all the time. So I couldn't be more proud of what they did again. Um, to get that result over the line, just um, impressive, and um, yeah, really happy about that. Okay. Any more? Yes, Graham. Do you see it generally, yeah, with, the, with the way you manage the game at the second half? No. Not not always. We had we had moments. It's 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 maybe that again. That's not too, not too not too easy as well. But if, I'm not sure if it was like Wolves needed a break as well in the game. But they were not attacking that high then anymore. Then we had these passing options. That's what we were asking for constantly. You have in football no 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 chance to recover in a game if you don't keep the ball. You cannot recover while the other team has the ball. So you have to do it kind of with in possession. But that's not a calm thing, that's a very lively thing. It's just not with high intensity, it's just smart. You play against their movement, you just play in half spaces. So, Nabi and Mili, that, that, that helped immediately. You could see that. We had immediately again, so the other boys, my God, Adam Lalana and Gini, what they, what they um, played today is like effort wise, um, miles wise. It was really great. But then fresh players there in a the half space that helped, obviously. Then we, we caused them again problems. Didn't finish it off. It was not the game for two, three goals, obviously, um, tonight for us. And um, so we had to yeah, fight until the end. But uh, how is that? No problem with that. David? You were being lying 13 points clear to was it 18, 19 games going on and a great position. But what are you see the overall picture there? Not different to before the game, to be honest. Um, so it's a long way to go for all of us. We just. Um, Everybody asks me about how was your 2019. My 2019 was brilliant, but it's not important because um, it's uh, we, we count seasons, not years. So the the 1920 season is not over. We are halfway there. Um, have still what is it? 19 games to play? 18, 19? A lot. So and probably 18 of them or 19 of them will be like this tonight. 
So for different reasons, they will face now teams who fight for the league with all they have. And we fight. Then we obviously is the, the the fight for the Champions League and the European spots is 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 reopened again. So they will fight with all they have. They have all the so, and we have to be ready. Who cares about um, points in December? Really. So we just um, created a basis uh, which we will work with from now on. That's all. Yes. would deserve it. That's it. Final question. I know you don't want to talk about your league at the top of the table, but do you sense there's the new belief among the fans? You see, the club come so close to winning it, but do you feel like the fans really now believe in what you're doing and what your team is doing? I think our fans are exactly like the team is. They, they are not interested in the moment. They don't... They don't they won't, don't want to celebrate they're, they're, they're now and, and stuff like this. They take it like it is. They, they dig in a game like today. Today I liked it a lot. Um, our friends were um, really in the game. Didn't. There was a game where the crowd can be nervous. They weren't. So that's good. Um, no, no, we are a unit. So we fight until somebody says it's enough and you have enough points or not. We will see. But um, it's not about belief. If we would not be confident, it would be really crazy. But um, it's not about knowing or wanting to know that it's already done. So that's just a, a game with media. So it never ever, you can imagine really, you would ask me, do you think it's decided? And I sit here, yeah, actually, I think it's done. But we still play, of course, but I think it's done. That would be really crazy. But since now, five, six, seven weeks, we still ask that question constantly. And I, as a normal human being, I have the same answer because it's not done. So discuss it if you want, ask me if you want, but don't expect a different answer. Jurgen Klopp saying it's all done. Well, if only. Our regular contributors to come. But before we get into that, let's take a look in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. David Rees says, not the prettiest game to watch, but another ugly win. Wolves are a difficult side to break down and dangerous on the break. VAR, what do you think? But what an amazing year it's been. Looking forward to an even better one in 2020. Paul Flanagan says, very tough game today and an impressive defensive performance and another clean sheet gets us just about deserved three points. Felt the forwards were a little off their game today, although Sadio took his goal well and the mentality monsters stroll on. Joe Gomez, man of the match for me today, read the game so well and made so many good blocks and interceptions, particularly when Trent was getting targeted late on. Keep it up, boys. Another tough one on Thursday. And Joshua Worthington says 55 points with 50 unbeaten games at home. This is purely an absolute blessing to be witnessing this team and their performance. Next game, Sheffield United. Come on, Reds. Well, if you want to get involved, all you've got to do is join the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Our first regular fan contributor tonight then to have his say is Matt Whitty. 
well, that was a tight game and I'm just glad it's over and we got the win, got the three points and, yeah, extended our lead back to 13 points um, again. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, we probably um, sliced Wolves open most in the first two or three minutes with the Salah chance uh, from the uh, cross from Trent Alexander-Arnold. And uh, Salah put it over from seven or eight yards when you'd really expect him to hit the target. But that was very, very far from the pattern of play, really. Um, Wolves playing a 3-5-2, but sitting very deep. And they were very, very difficult to break through. Um, and obviously, they've got some danger on the on the counter-attack. Um, I think we benefited from them playing City uh, 48 hours ago with um, Jimenez and Traore and, and Doherty, who I think is a, a decent, uh, decent fullback. Um, being on the bench, and yeah, and it took a it took a took a while for the breakthrough to come, and we 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 just struggled really. I thought to to break them down, and we've we've seen it quite a few times that we just you know we're we're capable of of uh, grinding teams down, and eventually that 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 told with the the quick ball forward from um, Virgil Van Dijk, which we've seen quite a number of times this season. Um, Lalana um, knocking knocking it on with his um, his shoulder. And Mane tucking it away only for Anthony Taylor from Manchester uh, to disallow it before VAR overruled his his decision. So yeah, we had that uh, VAR decision go our way. But uh, I guess the thing with VAR decisions going your way is that what it means is that the official in the game has given it against you. <laughs> um, and then we had clearly the probably the bigger talking point of the game really was the um the the wolves goal being disallowed for a very very tight offside which i i definitely didn't see in in real time and it was one of a few this uh, this weekend that have been uh, very similarly tight and we've had our own ruled out against um uh, for, for, with uh, Firmino's against uh, against wolves being being ruled out and you know obviously we we benefited this time but you know my 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 point i've made previously is that i I just don't think the technology is um accurate enough to um to determine whether or not somebody is offside in a 3D um 3D picture of a one frame with um when you try to draw these these 2D lines on it and aside from that you know there there just needs to be some margin of error because it's just taking too long as well and it's awful if you're in the ground and you don't really know what's going on or what specifically they're checking so yeah I thought um you know it was hard for hard for us I mean I guess the the uh, the Premier League has been consistent in the way they've um, the way they're being applying the uh, the offside um, the offside decisions with the technology that's available, but it's it's not enjoyable to watch and nobody feels the better for it. We were yeah we were the beneficiaries this week, but you'd rather it was it was different. Um, so yeah yeah second half um, yeah we uh, again just just kind of struggled a bit to to break them down. We had a couple of. Uh, counters uh where we got away but it didn't really come off for us and Wolves were pretty disciplined and it was only really in the last five uh five minutes or so when Wolves really started to attack us and they actually opened us up quite a bit more and they had uh three chances from the edge of the area um that they were that were all blazed blazed well over um from uh from decent opportunities where you'd again expect them to get a bit uh, a bit closer than they did but they didn't. Another team put to the sword. Um, another game down. Uh, Nineteen games played. Eighteen wins. One draw. A stunning start to the season and a fabulous way to end 2019. Matt Whitty with his thoughts on the one 0 win over Wolves. Will more like this to come shortly? 
our beloved Jurgenort once again showed qualities that I value more than any of Pep Guardiola's fancy Dan Billionaire nonsense. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. It's time to get straight in to some of our regular contributors. Simon Donnelly to come off the back of Mark Baker, who's got something to get off his chest. Hard-fought victory for Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool played a lot of games, put a lot of miles on the legs and a lot of air miles in as well, obviously going to the Club World Cup. And I think for Liverpool, just to get through the games, really, and to pick up maximum points is huge. There was no great level of performance from Liverpool, but again, the foundations and the organisation of the team... It meant that they had enough to get the job done. But do you know what I thought I'd touch on today? Because I don't normally go on about decisions or anything from referees or anything to do with that. But I'm just going to talk about VAR today because it's absolutely driving me mad. And not in the way you'd think. So consistently I'm hearing VAR's a joke, this, that or the other. It's ruining football. Now, is VAR a foolproof system in which every decision is going to be ends up correct? No, it isn't. Does VAR give the referee a better chance to make a better call or a more accurate decision, having um, potentially multiple available angles in which to view the incidents? Obviously, I'm talking about the, the VAR referee as opposed to the on-field referee. Well, of course it does. So more decisions without any shadow of a doubt have been correct this season because of VAR and the chance to, to view the incident more times. Now, that's just common sense, really. So, again, was another example of this today, in which the first goal would have been ruled out, but for the intervention of the VAR um, system, in which it, it was able to show that Adam Lallana had, in fact, used the shoulder to control the ball as opposed to his arm. So that, that goal would have been incorrectly ruled out. Then we fast forward to the offside incident. Now, whichever way you look at it, whether you agree with it or not, whether you say it's too tight, it's this, that or the other, we, you know, it's ruining football because of millimetres, whatever you like to say, in its current format, in the application of the rules, the goal is offside. Now, it may be that people don't like this. I would probably say I'm not the greatest fan of it because you think to yourself, well, it's a bit... I don't know, it's a bit soft, if you like, or pedantic to be to be um, ruling out goals for these kind of things. But in its current format, they're the rules. So how any any team can feel hard done by or, you know, it's it's gone against them or looks gone against them. Absolutely nothing's gone against them. It's just the current implementation of the rule. You know, and all the clubs, I'm sure, well, I know, would be were aware of this in the, the pre-season briefings in, in terms of how it would work. Now, the reality is, it's not working in the way people would like to see. So people believe it's too close to call. But where do you draw the line? Where is the line between you say, well, it's all right, people saying, well, it shouldn't be offside for that many millimetres. Okay, so, so how many millimetres? Can somebody come up or tell me a rule? in which you could get a different outcome that people would be happy with. I've, I was thinking about, or I have thought for the last few weeks, about the time limit system, which the VAR will have a look at it, and if they can't make a clear-cut decision on an offside within a certain amount of time, I don't know, say one minute, then give the goal. 
that that's that's as simple as that. But then I thought to myself, well, that's not clear. that'll be could cause problems because then there could be, oh, it's corruption though. Because how do we know the VAR um, has implemented it correctly? How do we know that he's not took that time to make a decision? All them kind of things. You know what it'd be like, even though everyone's professionals within the game. This is this is what you'd get yourself into. So I thought, obviously, watching the sky today, I thought Graham Soonis made a good point about it, where you could implement it in terms of any part of your your body um, that's on side. So there's different ways to, to sort of manipulate the rule. But the rule in its current format is the issue, not the VAR. So there can't be this... You know, people go on to me about... I've spoken about the Roberto Firmino and they go, well, it's a joke because Roberto Firmino got... Goal got ruled out at Aston Villa for an armpit being offside. Well, OK. That was the rule before the start of the season. But what people fail to mention is that that goal was actually ruled out anyway by the linesman given an incorrect decision. The linesman believed it was offside, so it wouldn't have counted anyway. But everyone seems to miss that in the the debrief and the, I don't know, I would say the, the agenda or the narrative that VAR is all bad. I mean, surely you can't go back to the old days in which, you know, human error, could decide such massive decisions within games. I mean, could we go back to it being accepted that goals are, are now scored or ruled out and it's an incorrect decision of offside? I just don't, you know, <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day and, for example, you're thinking to yourself, well, goals from even a year ago and you're looking at them now, you look back at them on Premier League years or whatever it is and you think to yourself, oh, that's been, you're expecting it to be disallowed. The, the injustice side to it, so you can't go back to that. So the way is to obviously tweet, tweet the rulings so it can be more in keeping with what people are want to see, want to see if they don't like the idea of the millimetres and the current format. But VAR in general is going to get more decisions right and I just find it a bit painful to listen to at the moment of it's ruining the game. It probably, if people don't like to see it in its current format, then fine, it's ruining the game, but adapt it because VAR is, is going to make more positive, accurate decisions on the whole as shown with the first goal today. So that's all. I won't mention VAR anymore, but that's my uh, point on it, if you like. We can't go back to the old days where you're deciding on a, on a linesman. And by the way, I, I've done the line once or twice in my life, and it's a nightmare trying to judge when the ball's kicked and when players move. And the fact of the matter is, with the money in the game at the moment, you couldn't go back to that. So I think the main point of VAR is the offside decisions. They're the, pr the decisions most people have the problem with, but until the law change, no team have got any any view to be upset about it or feel outdone by it because that's that's the way it's been implemented from the start of the season. This is Simon Donnelly, LFC jury member for the Liverpool Echo. Just got back to my car after watching Liverpool beat Wolves 1-0. It gets difficult. Well, it's getting difficult this season, in a way, these voice the, these voice messages because uh, we're winning everything. So there's not a lot to criticise, um, even... Constructive criticism is difficult because we're plumbing winning every game we play and it's fantastic. I will say Wolves probably gave us, in my opinion, possibly the toughest game we've had at Anfield this season. They've got a very high work rate. Um, they're aggressive. They're, they're an angry team in a lot of ways. And they, they you know, question every decision and, and getting stuck in. And, and speed on the break, speed on the ball is, is very impressive with Wolves and it's no surprise to me that they're right up there I think in fifth and they took points off Man City the other day but 
all we needed tonight was a win. That's all we needed. It didn't care how it happened. My son's Oscar's prediction for the game was 4-0. My wife, Diane, said 3-1. I said 1-0, so I win the pound. Uh, so I was happy. But as I said, all we needed was three points. I actually come here today thinking if we drew, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But we dug in. We got the goal eventually. They had one choked off, uh, correctly so. Um and we can't ask for any more. December was the month where we were all worried about. December, the number of games we had, including the trip to Qatar, this was the month when we all thought, make or break, really. We could come out of December and find ourselves, you know, with Man City literally breathing down our necks. But as it's turned out, we're almost at the end now, and we've held our own. We've won every game we've played, apart from the debacle, when the kids had to play in the Carabao Cup, but let's ignore that because that wasn't Liverpool. We've won every game we had to play. We're clear of the league by about 13 or 14 points for the game in hand. Can't ask for much more. Um, playing again, I think, this Thursday night. Is it Sheffield United we play at our place? Bring it on. Let's get our game in hand out the way. Come on, you Reds. Simon Donnelly following on from Mark Baker there with his views on VAR. Well, don't forget Blood Red will be back on Monday afternoon to reflect on the festive programme and even with a glance to Thursday's game with Sheffield United. Plenty to come until then across the Blood Red channels through our podcasts and, of course, over on YouTube as well. Final thoughts tonight, though, go to Owen. And first is Stephen Dawson. Another three points in a game where we didn't particularly... Impressed, of course, it's becoming a bit of a cliche that that is how teams win titles during the course of the season. You're not going to be as impressive as we were against Leicester every single time, that's for sure. And a, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, perhaps, Manchester City fans, I'm sure, would have looked upon these three points and our performance with a great deal of frustration. But I think now they won't look upon it in the same way. They'll look upon it with a great deal of resignation because they must surely realise that the margin is just too big for them to close. I know we don't like speaking about it, but let's be realistic. It's If we were in Manchester City's shoes, we probably would have given up the ghost by now. And, and that's the situation. I think, although we, we don't want to count our chickens before they're hatched, that's the last thing we want to do. We must be re- realistic now. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how realistic Jurgen Klopp will be, given that we've got an important FA Cup third round game against Everton coming up. And we've got, uh, hopefully, a considerable number of tough Champions League games coming up. We have a buffer, a very, very healthy buffer in the Premier League. And If we're ambitious, if we are truly the best team in the world, we should be, as Manchester City have been over the last two seasons, looking to win every tournament that we enter. Um, The Carabao was taken away from us because of ridiculous scheduling, but we have an opportunity to also win the FA Cup now and to retain the Champions League. And I wonder if the effort to do that will be evident by resting players in the Premier League um, because this perhaps is where we ought to spread our focus now. That's perhaps where Jurgen Klopp ought to spread his focus now. If we're being realistic about the fact that 
the championship is 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 ours to lose and um we really are in a a comfortable position will we become a club that just gets totally absorbed in this chase for the holy grail for the title that we've not managed to win for such a long time or will we get to grips with the fact that we're the best team on the planet at the moment that we have a tremendously comfortable buffer in the Premier League and that unless we are ridiculously uh, shoddy and irresponsible in our league matches, we, we should win this now and therefore we should perhaps devote some resources towards the FA Cup and the Champions League. I mean, that's for Jurgen Klopp to decide but I'll be fascinated to see how he deals with that in the in the coming days because we've got that Everton game coming up very soon indeed. Quick word on, on the game itself. I mean, I thought Wolves were very impressive. I think they're so strong. Mane got clattered a few times by their defenders and um, Traore is obviously a, uh, a real handful and it was tough for them, wasn't it, to, to play games in such quick succession. Um, I think it was quite smart of them to just see if they could remain in the game until the latter stages and then bring on some of the players that made such a difference against Manchester City. Um, all the while, though, I think Joe Gomez was the standout for Liverpool today. Um, once again, not for the not for the first time in the last few days, he played even better than the great Virgil van Dijk. And it is so good to see that uh, Joe Gomez is is back to his very best and um, that really does mean that we can, there's no need to rush back Joel Matip in particular because I think in the short term and, and the long term too, Gomez is the ideal partner for Van Dijk. Uh, but as we say, there'll, there'll be rotation down the line and um, I think Gomez will be in our best 11 now whenever Jürgen has to, to roll that 11 out. Great times to be a Liverpool supporter. They continue, don't they? At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. What a fantastic win. A perfect demonstration of steel, steadfastness and an iron will. Of course, this was not a leather-wieldingly dominant performance like we saw against Leicester City, but this was classic in so many ways that will never be shown on Match of the Day. Our beloved Jurgenort once again showed qualities that I value more than any of Pep Guardiola's fancy Dan Billionaire nonsense. My second half notes are full of comments such as Great header Virgil, solid tackle by Gomez, brilliant defending by Lalana, etc, etc. But my very favourite moment of the match was when our marvellous captain Hendo pressed about six of their players single-handedly on 63 minutes, forcing them backwards. This is exactly the kind of attitude we need and exactly the kind of win that has got us this far it's still not over it's far from over um 42 points are still needed before we can revel in the grooviest of groovy hendo shuffles 
A good horse only jumps as high as it needs to, as I heard on one of the zillion fantastic Liverpool podcasts that I listened to. This is a German expression. A good horse only jumps as high as necessary. And this is Owen from Cop on Podcast, delighted and saying that we have the finest of Mongolian stallions. Owen there with the final word following on from Steve Dawson. It will be interesting to see just how Jurgen Klopp plays his selection now, especially with that FA Cup third round derby in mind. Well, that's all from us here on the Post Game Podcast. If you want to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts, that's always greatly appreciated. We'll be back following on from Sheffield United's visit to Anfield. Thanks for your time and company here on Blood Red. And until next time, it's bye for now and a happy new year. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.